Welcome to Paid Media Coffee. I'm Kelly Mancuso, and today we have a special episode for you. We're going to be discussing some considerations and recommendations for running paid media today as we are in the time of COVID-19, quarantining, and just general uncertainty in the world. Um, And just as an update, I do want to mention that we're recording this episode remotely. So please excuse any audio issues that we might have um, or just any general weirdness just because we're all recording in different places. Um, So with that, I do want to go ahead and introduce my guests for today. First, we have Oliver Brantley joining us again. He is a paid media strategist at Nebo. Welcome back to the show. Thanks. Happy to be back. We also have Haley Malgiri on the show for the first time. She is a senior strategist on our Intel team here at Nebo. Thanks for having me. Yep. And Kim Lincoln is joining us again. She's Nebo's president. I'm excited to be back. Awesome. So let's just jump right into it. You know, these are very strange times and so many businesses and daily processes have been impacted and interrupted. And we're really seeing that different industries have been impacted in different ways. You know, there have been some companies that have seen a surge in demand and then obviously others that have been experienced in the exact opposite way. Um, And there's been a learning curve and it's one that we're really still in, you know, as things are kind of changing day to day. So as both consumers and brands, we're really all just trying to figure out the best way to navigate things during this time. So from a brand perspective, in my opinion, I think one of the first steps to navigating the current climate is really thinking about what's appropriate right now, just as we're in this crisis, but also as we have begun adjusting to a new normal. And, you know, even as some of the businesses start to reopen and some states are starting to remove their shelter in place orders. So my question for you all is how do brands evaluate what's appropriate right now when it comes to paid media and marketing in general? You know, thinking about those who have been negatively affected, but also those who are seeing increases right now. Um, how do they meet demand without being predatory? Mm-hmm. I can start. So this is definitely an interesting time for brands. At the time of this recording, we're about seven weeks in, at least in the U.S. So the initial brand responses have already been or should have already been made. But now, like you said, people are somewhat adjusting to this new normal. And I think a lot of brands are really wondering, is it okay to resume their marketing? And I think, yes, you should maintain some form of interaction with your audience, but you definitely do need to be mindful of the situation they may be in. And you can't just, you know, go back to normal because even though we're all calling it the new normal, like it is not normal. There is nothing normal about what's happening. (laughs) So I think most of all, we just have to remember to be kind, you know, kind to ourselves and to our team, but also to our audiences. And we can't really put the same expectations on them that we had before. You know, we can't be in that direct response mindset right now. Like you said, sure, some people have been more impacted than others, but for the most part, we've all been experiencing these huge changes and there's so much uncertainty. And I don't blame people for not maybe caring about buying certain things right now. And we're not going to change that, nor should we maybe be trying to. But that said, I am seeing a lot of studies that different marketing engagement rates are up pretty substantially from Mm -hmm. pre-COVID days, things like uh, click-throughs or email opens. So people have the time and are willing to interact with brands. So I do think there is an opportunity to stay engaged with your audience, but brands need to continue to respond 
very authentically and mainly just consider is your message going to be helpful for your audience. So you really need to think about the audience, put yourself in their shoes. You know, what would you want to hear right now? It might not be a direct response message. That's okay. Maybe you can stay engaged with them by providing valuable or educational content or tools or uplifting news. So in general, I think people are going to remember how brands responded during this period. And if you're able to stay engaged, not necessarily in a salesy way, but in a helpful way, I think it's going to go a long way for brands in the future. Yeah, Kim, I think that that's a really good point because I think we've all, you said seven weeks in, in the US, like we've all reached a little bit of a a COVID (laughs) fatigue moment where Mm -hmm. every brand has sent us some type of message, email, ad about COVID. And a lot of times it seems to be about them and not necessarily applicable to how that impacts customers and their audience as humans. Mm -hmm. So I think it is really important to think about how you provide value to your customer or sensitivity in your messaging to your customer, right? You don't need to send an email message about the protocols you're taking to keep your business clean if you've always been a primarily remote business whose customers don't come and interact with you in person, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it's really important to think about that kind of value piece or the the usefulness piece in the messaging that you are are putting out there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. And, you know, what's interesting is that I think like you don't have to be providing value in the regular way that your you know company normally does in, in terms of the services or the products that you provide. I've seen a lot of really interesting tactics that brands are doing and kind of pivoting in order to meet like the current climate. So you're seeing fashion brands pivot and they're starting to make masks. And that's mm-hmm. the way that they're providing value in, in today's time. Or you know, even brands that are just providing content and information to keep people up to date or entertained. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool. Kind of going off of that, you know, for in a lot of cases, companies can use their product as a value proposition of its own, especially if it's appropriate right now. You know, a lot of the impacted people and businesses are local businesses and, you know, small businesses and communities. So I think now, you know, especially if you are one of those businesses and you do have something to offer, you know, you're still in business or you're able to deliver or, you know, offer to go food or anything. I think this is a good time to, you know, kind of take advantage of that and let people know that you are open and kind of use that as a selling point for people. I also think... At the beginning of this, especially, a lot of brands were afraid of making mistakes because mm-hmm. many of them hadn't been here before. Nobody has been here before. <laughs> but I think it's brought a human side to a lot of brands mm-hmm. if they've kind of screwed up or misstepped and owned up to it. One example I can think of off the top of my head is Rothy's, the shoe manufacturer. Um, they originally offered to donate five masks to healthcare workers only with the purchase of shoes. That received mm. a lot of backlash. They were <laughs> They were aiming to help, but um, it actually received a lot of backlash from their customers who said, why do we have to make a purchase in order for you to be making these donations? Mm -hmm. They owned up to it on their social media, apologized, were upfront about the changes they were going to make in terms of donating directly to those healthcare workers, taking out that purchase requirement. And it actually brought this human side to the company and built additional trust with their customers. So um, it's really important. I think we're all going to make mistakes in, Mm -hmm. in messaging and marketing and and navigating this, but owning up to it can really actually help you foster those relationships with your customer longer term. Yeah, definitely. I think that it's really important to own up to those mistakes. I also think that, you know, as a whole, people are being a little bit more forgiving, maybe not so much in inappropriate messaging, but in production value. So you shouldn't be afraid to maybe do something, get your message out there, even though you don't have 
a whole professional crew to shoot a commercial. People understand that, you know, that's not the world that we're in right now. So I think they're a little bit more forgiving of creative and production in general, as long as the messaging's there. Yeah. And I think, you know, also to that point, I think for this moment, if you're able to create something that's really compelling and resonates with people, this is, you know, kind of the perfect time. Mm -hmm. Things are, I think, you know, magnified in terms of how memorable they are right now, Mm -hmm. Um, just because this is kind of unprecedented for everyone. So I think we're all kind of holding on to every moment because it (laughs) it really is. It's it's something to behold. So I want to shift and talk a little bit more about the buyer journey. You know, we've been talking a lot about how brands have been impacted, but we have all been impacted as consumers as well. We're in somewhat of a delayed response era. People are looking and they're seeking information and they're they're looking for products and services. But a lot of times we're seeing that action just not happen. So maybe people are looking, but they're waiting to buy or waiting to take action until things are a little bit safer or things are more stable or maybe they're just able to, you know, since a lot of businesses have slowed down on production or shipping, things like that. Um, and even in some areas where businesses are able to start opening back up, there's been somewhat of a, a mixed response. Um, and even those that are on board with that decision will likely still change their behaviors and, and their processes on a day-to-day basis. So I wanted to hear from you all and, and what your thoughts are on this just general change in behaviors based on what COVID and this pandemic has done. What should advertisers be keeping in mind as it relates to this behavioral change? Sure, I can kick us off on this. I think there's really a few key considerations that are important for brands and marketers to keep in mind as we talk about the buyer journey right now. I think the first is that the entire world right now is in this highly reactive state, right? So consumer opinions are much more fluid than ever. And because they're in such a volatile situation, we have to remember that really any data that we're getting um, or information that we're gathering about our audiences today can't really be indicative of a future behavior because it can change you know, at the drop of a hat depending on so many variables. So because of this, I really think the second consideration is that it's more important than ever for, for brands to be flexible and responsive because of the fluidity in consumer opinion. So mm-hmm. at Nebo, we talk a lot about how the typical buyer journey isn't this you know, linear funnel I think that also applies to the new COVID journey. It's important to meet your customer where they are in their journey, whether that's in this kind of like anxiety and and fear-laden stage, or whether it's to Kelly, to your point about some of these businesses opening back up and there's some kind of optimism and, and wanting to buy products again. It's really important for you to meet your customer where they are. A few examples I can think of are, you know, Planet Fitness creating those quote-unquote work-ins instead of work out mm-hmm. for those who were adjusting to the new reality of working out from home. Or I recently read about a travel agency. Um, I think they're a British travel agency who has actually created flexible packages that don't have specified dates. So people who are dreaming of going on these vacations can actually book something without having to agree to an actual date to go on this vacation, which kind of provides some some confidence and some solace there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think we're all uh, dreaming of vacation <laughs> at this point. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And you want to inspire that kind of dreaming and looking forward to that day where you can go on that um, excursion. I think ultimately, though, it's really this kind of third consideration is that it really boils down to building trust and establishing a relationship with your audience during this time because... As you mentioned, they're really gonna consumers are really waiting to see what happens. It's this long-term delayed response, but they're they're really gonna notice brands' actions now and remember them later. Mm-hmm. So making those kind of short-term sacrifices for the greater good is really gonna benefit. I'm thinking like, you know, Cottonelle running campaigns, encouraging people not to hoard toilet paper, to not overbuy toilet paper. <laughs> 
or Thai Airways is a, has recently um, rewarded folks with miles by staying home on their app. So going kind of against what they stand for typically mm-hmm. um, in order to build trust and relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been really interesting to see how brands respond and the creative ways that they respond. And in some ways, I feel like those responses or advertisements are getting more attention than they would if it was just a traditional ad that they were putting out that's promoting buying toilet paper. I think it's also something interesting is that because CPMs are falling so drastically, and we've seen this with a number of our clients who you know used to compete against Amazon on Google, and now Amazon's pulled back their spending. So there is a case to be made, depending on what industry you're in, that now might be a really good time to maintain your current spend with different messaging or um, even double down on spending so that you have that pipeline build when things are you know more back to normal. Um, I think the most important thing is you need to be very deliberate and creative with your messaging and your targeting. And I also think for some companies, shifting funds around might be something that is a great opportunity for them. You know, people are at home, people are watching 60% more content now than they did pre-COVID-19. So shifting funds to something like advanced TV or other advanced targeting efforts Maybe a really big opportunity for brands who can't afford to just target everybody um, anymore, especially with CPMs being lower. So I think the buyer journey is changing, but it comes down to you knowing who your audience is and the best way to stay engaged with them, knowing that we have to shift our mindset from that direct response mindset to more of, like Kelly said, a delayed response. Yeah, and I think you know Kim makes an interesting point that you know CPMs are falling, so it is a really good time to buy. Um, And I think kind of going off of that, I think it's a really good time to focus on content. So right now, people are researching a ton. Um, Obviously, the consideration phase is really long right now. I think (laughs) anything that I've bought on the internet, I've read every single one of all 1,322 reviews on Amazon. Um, You know, so I think while people are cooped up, you know, there's there's obviously an extended consideration phase. And so I think it's a great time to focus on your content and, you know, what you are giving people why you're giving it to them and then, you know, kind of what they can do with that concept. So, you know, ideally giving people resources so that when this is all over, eventually, you're able to kind of move forward and make more educated decisions. And, you know, your brand is kind of remembered as uh, an important piece all along that buyer journey, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of when people were locked down. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm not really buying, you know, clothes or the things that I might normally buy, but I have bought a new desk chair and I bought outdoor furniture and I bought paint. (laughs) So there's definitely some industries that are probably doing pretty well. So it's a good time for them, especially because costs are so low. A lot of times we think about new customer acquisition. We're talking about marketing or advertising, but this current climate is really a good example of when you should also be focusing on kind of retention and customer loyalty mm-hmm. because those are who are either in the funnel already or are current customers, whether that's a subscription model or otherwise, those are going to be the customers that are going to be really important to maintain and to continue to build that relationship with. Mm-hmm. I think about subscription services that I subscribe to that made it really, really easy for me to mm-hmm. pause my subscription during this pandemic, whether that was because I quite literally couldn't go to my gym or because I was trying to cut costs otherwise. But by making it easy for the short term, I'm going to be a loyal customer for a long, long time after this. And so I think that that's something we also want to think about is, is kind of maintaining those customer relationships as well. Yeah, I definitely agree. I'm sure we all have in this process found companies that we will be more loyal to in the future and then some that um, you know we may avoid in the future based on how they responded. One thing that I think is really interesting that we've seen a lot of our clients do 
is, um, you know, offering virtual alternatives to temporarily replace the like in-person actions that they try and get people to do. So that might be like an in-person meeting or training information session or like a tour. And we've seen a lot of our clients shifting to now they're, they're offering those virtual alternatives. But I think that this is not something that should just be temporarily placing them. I think they should really be thinking about, you know, how are they going to um, maintain this and continue to roll out those virtual options because people are going to be more hesitant to, you know, go and, and do things in person and interact like that. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be seeking more of those virtual options for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think a perfect example of that is happened this week, the Travis Scott concert within Fortnite. Which is really interesting to me, both a fan of his music and not a fan of Fortnite, but just an interested party. Because, yeah, there's a ton of events this year that are going to be canceled. And so, not even necessarily just, uh, you know, kind of conversion actions for B2B businesses, but, you know, people's free time are going to be spent in very different ways. Um, And so, I think that opens up a lot of placements for advertisers and just kind of moments in general to connect with consumers. Cool. So we've talked a little bit about, you know, placement and channel opportunities that advertisers can be leveraging right now. But, you know, I want to talk about what we can be doing now, but also thinking about the future. So in terms of the current landscape, how are you guys seeing um, clients and advertisers shift their paid media strategy from a channel and a placement perspective? And then what are your recommendations for how they can start preparing for the future as, as things start slowly going back to normal? Yeah, I can kick this off. So as far as what clients are currently doing, what we've definitely seen a lot of is people pulling back on upper funnel spend. Um, so right now, I think a lot of people are just concerned about the moment and you know, kind of where they're showing up, sort of the context of what their message is. And so I think a lot of brands are really hesitant to you know, prospect new users and kind of bring people to the site, just given um, you know, a lot of uncertainty about where people are. But that being said, I think people are kind of increasing investment if possible, or at least maintaining investment in branded search and retargeting, things like that, just to stay top of mind for current consumers. So, you know, in my opinion, I think branded search should be unaffected. If people are looking for your brand, that's definitely not the time to seed any search position. So people are still bidding on keywords. So your competitors are likely still betting on bidding on your competitor on your brand name. And you know, it's definitely a time to ensure that you're owning all of your branded search terms. Because, you know, spend is going to increase, you know, eventually we will be on the other side of this one day and (laughs) people will be spending a lot more. So it's important to, you know, maintain your investment in that period. Yeah, definitely. Something that I've seen with clients that's been um, pretty interesting, especially clients that we've put a lot of work and research into a highly targeted device bid strategy or day parting strategy is that that's kind of getting somewhat thrown out the window. I think you know, most people's days are looking entirely different than they did seven weeks ago. So before where maybe you knew your audience was definitely on a mobile device, you know, at night, and that's where you could reach them. Well, now, you know, that might not be the case or, uh, you know, they're at work. So we should target them while they're sitting at their desk at lunch hour. Like I don't even, sometimes I don't eat lunch because (laughs) I don't know what time it is in the day. If I didn't have cats, I might not know like when dinner was. So that's been interesting to see like that kind of stuff's kind of getting thrown out the window. Um, I think also generally like some more tactical things that we've seen is obviously you want to like revisit your messaging very consistently. If every day it feels like is different and new. And so you just want to make sure that you're reacting to any breaking news and and being sensitive to that. Um, We've also seen 
you know, messaging shifts from find a store to things that are more focused on what you can do digitally. So, you know, shop online or different evergreen content opportunities. And then another thing that we've been doing pretty much across the board is looking at expanding retargeting windows, because as we've been talking about for most of this episode, there's going to be a delayed response for a lot of industries. So making sure that if you are engaging with people now, you're increasing that retargeting window so you continue to reach them, as Oliver said, when we're you know more through this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one of those opportunities from a retargeting perspective is that increase in online video consumption, especially YouTube video, that we've seen during this pandemic, that really provides an opportunity, a pull-through opportunity later on down the line to build those retargeting audiences on YouTube and retarget to our audiences as they start to get through this or start looking to to make purchases again, kind of building up those those audience pools to use later on down the line. Mm-hmm. One other thing I was reading about recently that that I thought was interesting is kind of this idea of quote unquote, non-traditional placements to align Mm -hmm. with where our buyers are right now. So I don't know if you guys have read about this, but did you read about, uh, I'm not a big gamer, but have you, (laughs) did you read about Denny's 247? I'm shocked that you're not. (laughs) I know. (laughs) There was this great story about Denny account on various different gaming platforms called Denny's 247. There's been such a surge in gaming, right? Mm -hmm. And he's an actual, you know, account that's been created on these different gaming platforms and provides the opportunity for discounts through their online ordering to get discounts on their Denny's food. So he plays these games, his account plays the games with um, different partners, but then throughout that is kind of building this brand loyalty and dropping these discounts to go buy Denny's food. It's seen this like crazy surge in response and engagement. Mm-hmm. Um, so just shows that level of creativity that some brands are going to in order to engage with the buyer in these different areas that have seen this crazy increase in participation and engagement. That's a really good idea. And I think that comes back to like looking at your campaign targeting strategy just in general. So, you know, right now, if you're doing a lot of out of home, that might not make sense. And maybe you pull those (laughs) dollars more into like advanced TV because we're all sitting on our couches watching TV. So I think in general, it's an opportunity for us to sit down and really think about not only who our audience is, but how they're now spending their time and what's the best way to reach them. And yeah, that Denny's example is a example. Yeah. And I think kind of with that in mind, looking forward, a lot of brands are shifting or considering shifting their budgets towards esports. So obviously, you know, live sports is a huge part of a lot of people's, you know, purchase decision in getting cable or in whatever they choose to stream on. And that's been propping up a lot of advanced TV and, you know, sort of uh, addressable TV advertising. And so without live sports, those are those dollars are obviously missing. So a lot of brands are shifting to esports to kind of fill that gap in eyeballs. Mm-hmm. So looking at, you know, brands like uh, BMW, Subaru, uh, Nissan, so, you know, kind of automakers are shifting a lot of budgets toward promoting esports, whether that be teams, you know, placements, uh, in-stream, you know, video placements during events, promoting events themselves, kind of getting on team jerseys, things like that. But as we potentially shift more and more activities indoors and move away from massive live sporting events with, you know, 100,000 people at them, esports are going to be a more widespread thing. And video games are getting bigger regardless of, you know, any potential future quarantines or lockdowns or anything. So either way, esports were going to be more popular in five years. But given this, I think that accelerates them and, you know, mm-hmm. probably makes them a little bit more marketable, especially for advertisers mm-hmm. in the short term. Yeah, I'm not sure about the others, but I know with BMW, they have been like planning this shift in strategy for 
least like a year or so now. I'm not sure if the timing of rolling it out just worked really perfectly or if they yeah. decided to like roll it out, you know, a little bit more quicker than what they were going to do given the current climate. But I think it's great because they're also thinking, you know, longer term and getting in front of these younger audiences and establishing that brand connection with them. So as they grow and, you know, start working and, and having an income where they can buy a BMW, you know, that's top of mind for them. You know, it's a long-term relationship with the brand. I know we talked a little bit about advanced TV and, and those type of channels right now. It's definitely a good time to be investing in OTT. It's, there's a lot of inventory. It's a lot more cost-effective. And especially if you're buying on a dynamic CPM, you can capitalize on running on that inventory as it opens up and securing some lower costs as well. So mm-hmm. I would definitely recommend that from a channel perspective if if it makes sense for your brand, obviously. All right. So now in terms of measurement, because we are in this weird time, a delayed response era, there are obviously measurement implications. We're not able to measure things or track things as we were, you know, a few months ago. Uh, we really just can't attribute success in the same way. So what are your recommendations for advertisers in regards to measurement at this point in time? So I think the previous mindset was really, am I converting inquiries? Am I converting leads or online sales as our kind of our key KPIs, right? As marketers, those really should be thrown out the window right now. To me, it's all about audience building, engagement, brand protection, looking at it from that long-term, not those conversion KPIs. Yeah, I completely agree. I think on top of that, Kelly, you were kind of speaking to this earlier, but it's also a good chance for brands to look for opportunities to shift some of their traditional conversions to virtual conversions. We've had clients do things like virtual home tours or virtual fittings for furniture or home goods or webinars, things of that nature. So I think long-term, like you were saying, we are going to see these shifts in human behavior potentially long past when you know we're all able to freely leave our homes. I think that people will be more comfortable completing more of the buyer journey at home. So brands should be planning to respond to that shift by really thinking of innovative ways to adapt to that changing buyer journey. So if there's a positive to come out of this, I think that a lot of brands really will be innovating and it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah. And I think from, you know, kind of a more tactical perspective, I think it's a great time to uh, evaluate your attribution windows. So regardless, <laughs> I think we all have a little bit of extra time. So it's a, a good time to look back, get some path analysis and good analytics, just see, you know, maybe what the ideal attribution window or, you know, even attribution model. It's a great time to look back at what your attribution model is. Mm-hmm. But also I think just in general with a longer consideration phase, people are placing more, you know, this is a great time to place more emphasis on you through conversions um, and maybe hand raiser conversions. Just as people take a little bit more time to make decisions, maybe, and are a little bit more hesitant to make purchase decisions and just kind of get back to something that looks a little bit closer to normal. The big thing for me is to consider this in the context of everything else that's happening, you know, kind of just in digital advertising. Um, So obviously, GDPR and CCPA are still things. I mean, those are still happening. Mm -hmm. So just in general, we're going to have to rely less on cookie and, you know, browser-based tracking and more on first-party data and kind of shifting to tracking based on device IDs, IP addresses, and things like that. So I think it's just kind of, you know, monitoring how everything changes as a result of this. And, you know, not just as a result of COVID, but, you know, just kind of how the entire landscape shifts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I, I was thinking the other day, 
optimistically, <laughs> like, what, how, how are we going to do year over year reporting next year? There's <laughs> going yeah. to be one big caveat, like, well, <laughs> can't, can't quite compare. But yeah, in general, I mean, I think that we're all figuring this out. Different clients have different opportunities to update their measurement strategy. But I think in general, you know, regardless of a year from now, if everything is right in the world, I think things will still be different. People, you know, may potentially not want to be doing things completely outside the home as we have done. So I think brands just need to look for opportunities to respond to that. Yeah. I also think as we think through KPIs and especially as we talk about right now, it's a lot around building trust, building that relationship, being there long-term. There's really never a better time than now to be a good listener as a brand. Mm -hmm. Um, And part of your measurement plan should be around listening, whether that's Mm -hmm. social listening or any other tool to gauge sentiment around your brand, around the market, to kind of understand different audience feelings towards your brand as you evolve your placement strategy, your messaging, et cetera, to really get an all-over feel, not only for those kind of hard KPIs, but some of those more qualitative, softer KPIs that can give you insights into how your consumer is really feeling. Absolutely. I mean, we, we all, you know, need to sell things. That's kind of what advertising and marketing is. But right now, I mean, I think we should be uh, a little bit more um, reflective and realize that, you know, human lives are more important than marketing and advertising right now. So the best thing a brand can do is just try to support their audience in the ways that they can. And I think some of your KPIs may need to change based on that. Yeah. And I would say definitely look to some of the outside sources as you're trying to justify performance or pull together insights on a report because the reason for that change might not make sense right now. So, you know, look at what's happening in the advertising space in general within that platform or, you know, with competition. So, you know, are CPCs dropping? Are you seeing your competitors pull out? Try to give more context around things like that. Also look at Google Trends to see what's going on in the industry and how Uh, consumer search behaviors have been shifting as well. Uh, And then also just look at the changes that are happening on a day-to-day basis and even like on a short-term kind of like rolling trend basis within your own account, your own campaigns. So one question I did have for the paid media folks, Kelly and Oliver, is around brand safety and brand safety considerations. Obviously, all types of websites and resources are posting coronavirus content. Not all of that is necessarily negative, but do you have opinions on whether you should blacklist all coronavirus terms in an effort to ensure brand safety, even if that may not be necessarily the best way to go, or should there be more of a nuanced approach? What are your thoughts and recommendations there? Yes, I think that's a really good question. You know, at the beginning of all this, we pretty much took the approach of let's block any content or sites that might have any coronavirus related content on them. But I think you need a much more nuanced approach. And as this has gotten a little bit more widespread and has become a little bit more, you know, kind of a day to day, like pervasive issue. I think it's really just safe to assume that anything you run is going to show up next to coronavirus-related content. So even if that's branded search results, you don't know what you know structured snippets are going to show up. So you just kind of have to assume that no matter what the um, you know context is, whether that's a CNN display ad, you know, or a search ad for a branded term, you pretty much need to assume that your messaging is going to be inappropriate overall if it's inappropriate next to that content. 
Yeah, I definitely agree with what Oliver said. I think it's different for every advertiser and for every strategy. And you really need to think about what that message is that you're getting across there. And as Oliver said, assume that it's going to be next to that content, regardless of whether you're proactively trying to block it. But that can also be a good barometer for your messaging. You know, just assume it's going to be there and, and think about whether it's appropriate or not. And if the answer is no, then you should probably be rethinking your messaging. All right. So that wraps up all the questions that I have. I want to thank my guests, Oliver, Kim, Haley. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. I hope this episode brought some advice, recommendations, um, or even just some entertainment to you guys as listeners. I hope that everybody is staying safe during this time. I know it's not easy. And here at Penny to Coffee, we are just hoping the best for all of our listeners and everybody out there. So thanks so much for listening to us. And um, as always, you can reach out to us via email or via Twitter. Our email address is paidmediacoffee at neboagency.com. Our Twitter handle is at paidmediacoffee. And we're always looking for any comments or questions or requests on future content. And again, thanks so much. And we will be back next time.